0: May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. So we will be in uh, Job
1: chapter 42 this morning. Um, I'd like to I'd like to argue this morning, uh, and, and this is kind of strange to me, but the book of Job is a very familiar book. Everybody knows about Job, right? I, I'm trusting that we all know the story of Job. I think we get the story of Job wrong, but I would like to argue that... Um, the verses we're going to read this morning, verse number uh verse number five, I would like to argue that's the most important verse in the book of Job. I like to argue that that is the key to the whole entire book of Job, and I don't think I've ever heard it ever even mentioned or preached before, so we're going to look at we're going to look at this and hopefully get a little uh, different insight. I was reading this in my own private, not really looking for a message, just reading it in my own devotionals this week, and I come across it, and I am just blown away by what it actually says. So let's stand, if you're able, and honor God's word. In Job chapter 42, 42. did I say the wrong chapter? No. Okay, <laughs> 42, uh, starting at verse number one. <clears throat> then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything, and that no thought can be withholden from thee Who is he that hideth counsel without knowledge? Therefore have I uttered that which I understood not, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee, and declare thou unto me. Now listen to this verse. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth. The, think about that wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes let us pray Lord, how I thank you for your word. I thank you for all that are here today. Thank you for the privilege I have of standing before uh, your people to, to present your word. Lord, let them not see me. Uh, Lord, let me not hinder. Let me not get in the way. I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts, to each and every one that is here. And God, I pray that we would go with a better understanding of you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> So I would like to, uh, to kind of set this up a little bit this morning, but as we said, there's a lot going on at Sand Hill, amen? And I would like to argue with you uh, this morning, that, and, and, and I just want to say, everybody here is part of Sand Hill, okay? Uh, uh, we, 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 we want to include everybody in this, but I would like to say we have made a lot of changes at Sand Hill Church. We, we have grown spiritually, we have learned things, we have gotten closer to God. I, I think that we, as a congregation, are, are, are moving in the direction we're supposed to be going in, uh, but I think that we can learn something from this scripture this morning, and we can use this, what we're going to learn this morning at camp, but can I say tell you, we need to learn to use this in, in all of our lives. So... <clears throat> We've said many times that if you are a true born-again Christian and you sit under the Word of God, it will change your life. Amen? Is that that right? If you sit under the Word of God, it will change your life. It will make you live differently. But I'd like to add to that a a, a next uh, extension of that. If you are a true born-again Christian and you sit under the Word of God, not only will you desire to move closer to God, but you will desire to be used by God. Amen? Are you guys with me on that? Uh, so, so Christians who are under the word of God will desire to be used. Uh, and, and I would hope that I could ask everybody here, do you want God to use you? And I would hope everybody would say, yes, I do. If, if I can be transparent and, I, and I, I trust that I'm not alone, I trust that you guys are with me, but if I, if, any, if someone was to ask me, if God himself was to ask me, what is the number one thing you would ask of me and, and anything you could have, what's the number one thing? You, I've had thought this for years and years and years. There's one thing I would request of God. Please use me. I, I want that more than anything. More than, more, more than anything God can give me, I want him to use me. And I, and I trust that you guys want that as well. So, here, here's, this is gonna, this, you're gonna have to stretch your minds a little bit. You're gonna have to allow the Spirit to open your eyes and you're gonna have to maybe let go of a few preconceived notions. But I want you to think about this, and there's not a mistake on your notes. This is what I wanted it to say Godly, holy people are not used by God. <laughs> I got your attention, didn't I? <laughs> Why? Why? I want to try to explain to you this morning something that I, th- I think is, is profound. So I asked who wants to be used. Everybody said they want to be used. So I want to ask this question. Do we have any godly, holy people sitting here this morning? Come on, guys. Do we, it, it's okay. Do we have any godly, holy people sitting here this morning? I hope there's a few of us. We love Jesus. We're doing all we can. We are holy. We are godly. But does anybody here say, why isn't God using me more than what he's using me? Has anybody ever had that thought? So, so I want you I want to go through this and understand why is it the godly holy people are not always being used by God. So let's look at the story of Job. I trust everybody knows the story of Job, but let's just go through it quickly. So in the first chapter, uh, it says that Job is a is a righteous man. He is holy, he is he is he is evil. He's perfect, he's upright. Uh, he, and now that, we go down a few verses later and God himself says, "Job, is a righteous man. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good recommendation. When God says you're good, I mean, that's a good recommendation, right? So Job is a godly, holy man. I would argue I would argue that God looked over the whole... So the Bible says, if you'll, if you'll allow me to kind of put it in, in terms we can all understand, God's in heaven, he's having a business meeting with all the angels. And Satan walks in. And God says, have you noticed Job? So I would argue that he looked the whole planet over and said, the best one I got is Job. Are you guys with me? So Job, if you will, is the best Christian he could find. So Job is an outstanding, uh, godly, holy man. And then we know the story. uh, The Satan comes in and he takes everything away from Job his family, his wealth, his health. He takes everything away from Job. Now, here's pretty impressive. What does Job do when God takes everything? He worships God. I mean, that's good. He's a good, godly man who's perfect and upright, and God takes everything from him, and he finds himself in church worshiping God and saying, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's good. That's good. I mean, we say, attaboy, a boy, Job." And then his friends come and tell him how bad he is. and they criticize and they criticize and they criticize, and Job tries to explain to them, "Listen, guys, I haven't sinned. I've, I've been living a godly life." And his friends say, "Well, obviously God wouldn't have done this to you if you were unless you've done something bad to deserve it." And then Job goes through the process of, of, of not only wrestling with his friends that are there criticizing him and all, re- broken hearted with everything having his wife say job just forsake god and, and all and you can die and all this will go away and he said hey you talking like a foolish woman i'm not gonna deny god god's been too good to me so job in all responses job is holy he's godly he's righteous he's everything he's supposed to be and job says this it, he said I, I can deal with everything that i'm going through if i could just talk to god Anybody ever felt like that here? If I could just sit down and have a meeting with God, <laughs> I'd be okay. Anybody with me? God, me and you can sit down and have a talk. And this is really what Job said. If I could explain to God there's been a misunderstanding here, <laughs> we get this thing all straightened out, right? If I could just sit down and talk to God. And he pleads for several chapters there if I could just have a meeting with God. And then he gets a meeting with God. And and so so let's let's look at um, uh, chapter twenty three. Let's just back up in the story here a little bit, trying to walk you through this and get us where we are in our text. But chapter twenty three. Uh, verse number one. So Job here has struggled. He's he's wrestled. He's, he's went through all these things. He said, if I could just have a meeting with God. And in chapter 23 of the book of Job, verse number one, it says, then Job answered and said, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. I would order my cause before him. I will fill my mouth with arguments. I, will no- I would not Know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me, will he plead against me and his with his great power? No. But he would put strength in me. Job said, All these problems I've got, I could deal with if I could just talk to God. Now, now let's just be real here, people. I, I want you guys to get this because. Right now, Sand Hill, there's a lot of people going through a lot of things, right? Now, here's a strange thing. But Spike, here's a strange thing. Does it ever seem like when life gets really hard, God gets really quiet? And you're thinking, God, what in the world? I mean, I... I'm godly, I'm serving you, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. My life just fell apart, and it feels like you're a thousand miles away. Is, is anybody with me this morning? I'm praying, and it feels like nothing's happening. I just want to talk to you, and it seems like you're not there. God, what's going on? That's what Job's doing. And Job's saying this. He's saying it to himself. He's saying it to his friends. If I could just talk to God, it'd be Okay. Now it would seem that God is very, and we don't, we don't have a. The Bible, book of Job, doesn't tell us how much time this spanned. Uh, We we would expect that it was it was some time, uh, maybe a period of months, maybe even years. But there was a period of time there, God was silent, and Job is just saying, "I just want to talk to God, man. I've been there, I've been there." I thought, God, if I, if you just come down and talk to me, <laughs> I can deal with the problems. Would you just explain it to me? And that's really what Job was saying. If God would explain this to me, I, I'd be okay. But a very strange thing happens, and this is, this is where we want to understand the text that we took this morning. Job gets his day in court. If you will, God, Job gets his day in court. So he's for all this time, he's saying, if I could just talk to God, and finally God comes in and he says, okay, let's talk. And when God gets through talking, Job doesn't have anything to say. Now think about that. Let that set in. We all as Christians who are good, godly people who love Jesus and are doing everything we're supposed to do, we say, if I could just talk to God, everything would be all right. But God comes down and he talks to Job, and when he talks to Job, Job says, okay. Are you guys following this story? Now, that's really powerful when you think about our lives. Can I tell you there's a reason the book of Job is in the Bible? So we can learn from it. Right? We're supposed to learn something from it. And so let's look at what happens uh, in Job chapter 40. Uh, let's look at what happens after God talks to Job. Verses three and five, three through five. And Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yea, twice, but I will proceed no further. See, God came by Job in his day in court and he said, Job, when I was building the galaxies, what was you doing? When I created the earth, where were you? When I created all the animals, when I did all of the great things that I did, where were you, Job? Now, what are you going to say to that? What are you going to say? How are you going to argue that, right? I mean, Job's thinking, if I could just get my day in court, if I could just talk to God, if I could just present how I have been living, how I am righteous and how I am holy, if I could just explain that to God, then we get this thing straightened out. And God says, okay, let's have our meeting. Before you say anything, where were you when I was creating everything? I am the creator of the universe. I do all things well. Okay, and then he tells a story, and this really—I don't know what this—I don't know what this does to you guys, but it, for some reason I, I read it over and over. But I read it this week, and it really kind of did something to me. So in the Bible, uh, there there is uh, what the Bible calls—I will uh, uh, say it wrong—the Lev- 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 or whatever. It was probably a dinosaur, but it actually sounds like a dragon. Now it says that, that, he's, that his, his, his tail is like a cedar, literally like a, tr- a tree that's 100 feet long. His tail, that's what his tail's like. And it says he breathes fire. Listen, this is in the Bible. He breathes fire. It says when he's under the water, he can boil water while he's under the water, right? He's breathing out fire, and it says that his, his skin is like brass. It's like iron. It says you take a spear to him, it ain't going to hurt him at all. And God said, Job why don't you go out there and wrestle with him a while? Why don't you guys go out there and have a, have a contest and see if you can whoop him? Bring your spears, bring your everything you've got, bring your smartest men, bring whatever you got. Can you control Leviathan? Uh, and he says, no, you can't. He said, Job, look right here. I created him. He's a grain of sand underneath my finger. What he's doing is he's showing Job how great God is and how little Job is. And when God gets through to debating in this courtroom, he wasn't really debating, he was just telling Job how it was. Job looked at him and he said, I don't have any argument. I don't have any defense. He hung his sentence and said, I am vile and I won't defend myself anymore. Is anybody here getting the picture I'm trying to paint this morning? We're good, godly people at Sand Hill Church. You come to church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You live by the Bible. You're doing everything we teach. You're doing everything that God wants you to do. You are a good, godly Christian. You're living a holy life. And you say, God, use me. And your life falls apart. And you say, God, what's up? I'm doing everything right here. What's up? I'm doing everything you tell me to do. What's up? Right? And God says, because you still don't understand. You still don't understand. It, is, it blows my mind. Uh, again, when I read it this week, it just blew my mind. Job said, verse number five, back where we started, 42 and 5. Can I just put it in my own words? God, I've heard of you, I've been taught about you in Sunday school. I've went to church all my life. I've heard all about you. But now I see you. Are are you guys getting this? There's a difference between going to church and hearing about God and knowing all the facts about God and answering the right questions about God and seeing God. There's a big difference. Because I think there's a whole lot of people here who are godly, holy people who love Jesus, who are doing everything you know to do, and you have heard of God. But have you seen God? And here's the part nobody wants to hear. See, it doesn't matter if you're a preacher. It doesn't matter if you've been, you know, it doesn't matter if you've been in church all your life, it doesn't matter any of that. We don't get to see God until we experience God. Life. Now here's something you would think that Gary would not say. Here's something that doesn't sound like something I would say and and a preacher would say. But can I tell you there are some things you're gonna learn in the bed of affliction you're not gonna learn sitting under preaching? Now what you think about that? What you think about that? Now I didn't say preacher wasn't important. I didn't say the Bible wasn't important. I said there are things you're gonna learn when life gets tough. So we had this celebration for our kids this morning, and we love our kids, and we thank God for our kids. And I think us as adults, we kind of realize what they're facing, right? That it's it's tough out there. But can I tell you, and and I appreciate all Jamie and and Jacob and and all the Sunday school teachers and everybody, all that we're doing to pour I appreciate that. Thank God for it. It It's so very important that we do that. But how many of you know those kids are never going to figure it out until they experience life? And life gets tough. Can I get an amen, life gets tough? Life gets hard. What do you, well, I, 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 some of you are sitting there thinking, he hasn't even got the point one yet. He's been a half hour. What in the world are we going to do? Hang on, we're going to get through this all right. It's going to be all right. But I want you guys to get this. I, I want you guys to understand this. How many of you know that, that, that life is what teaches you about God? It's how you see God. Now, if you take out the Bible learning and everything we get here in church, you're, you're kind of blindly going through the storm. But sometimes God allows our lives to fall apart to teach us who He is so we can see Him. And Job literally said, I can now see God. I don't know if it registers with you guys. It blows my mind. Because there are a lot of people... Can I, can I just say what really I believe the Lord's really showing me? There are a lot of people sitting in a good Bible-preaching church who have never seen God. And I think there's probably a lot of people sitting here who have never seen God. And we want God to use us. We want God to do great things for us. We want to be used in a mighty way by God. And we say, God, use me. And he said, you can't see me. If you could see me, I would use you. Are, are you guys with me? Amen. Now, I ask who would like to be used by God, and we're going to get into the outline. Hang on with me. But if you understand anything I just said, if I was to ask you now how many want to be used by God, because, see, if you're following this, if you're following this what, what am I teaching you guys? What am I teaching you guys? Come on. If you want to be used, you need to have your life fall apart. (laughs) Now, how many of you want to be used? No, I'll just stay comfortable. I'm good where I'm at, right? I'll stay being a godly, holy person. I don't need to be used. If I have to go through that to be used, I just stay here and be a good, godly person. Is anybody following this? Now, let me ask this question, and then, I, and then I will try to get the outline. I'm trying to follow the Lord, okay, guys? Listen, don't criticize me over the outline. I'm trying to follow God, okay? I, I, want, I want to give you what the Bible, what God has laid upon my heart. We'll get to the outline, and we won't, but I want to give you what that is. Some of you get, I, I appreciate you following the notes, but some of you get so tied up in the thing, you don't listen to anything I say, you're just looking for the next answer. Listen, put that thing away and pay attention, okay? Listen to me. There are a lot of people, there are a lot of people who, who their life falls apart, and they still don't see God. What a tragedy is that. Literally, your life falls apart. And we've seen it here in this church. We're sitting here saying, No, people who say they are Christians and their life literally falls apart and they go through the most horrific things and they say, I quit church. That's a great answer. I mean, that's a great answer. I'm gonna quit God, I'm gonna quit church, I'm gonna stop going. (laughs) No. But there are also people whose lives fall apart and they get closer and closer and closer to God. Let me ask you guys this question. Is there anybody sitting among us who you can say they've been through the fire and wow, what a difference? Are you guys getting this? There are people in this church who've had their lives decimated, and and you can say, Praise God for it. We are closer to God than we were before, we can see God. And I believe what Job was saying is I had all the information about God. I knew all the things. I was a godly person. I went to church. I went to Sunday school. I knew all the facts about God. But now I can see God because I've experienced Him in the worst days of my life and God is still good. And I, I'm not here to beat you up this morning. I'm just trying to get you to really see what I say. But, But can you guys give me this It's easy to sit in church and say God is good. It's not easy to sit at the funeral home and say God is good. It's not easy to sit at the hospital bed and say God is good. It's not easy to sit at, uh, I have no food in the house, and say God is good. What I'm saying is, God's good. and We mouth that with our lips, but how do you really experience it? When life gets hard and you look back and say, he never failed me. He never failed me. He was always there. And now I can see him. Now it's not words on paper. Now it's my life. Now it's my life. So if you guys got that at all, let's try to, let's try to, to, to look at the, the outline. <clears throat> I believe that as good, godly people who love Jesus Christ, who are, go to Sand Hill Church, I want this to be an encouraging message, but I also want this to be a, a, a message we understand. I believe we can become very self-focused. Can we get self-focused? God, my problem. God, I need you. God, fix this. You know, we've had, we've had this, and I, it doesn't seem to happen here at Sand Hill anymore, but we've had this many times. But we've had many people come in, and maybe you guys don't know this, but I know this as a pastor because I get, I get the joy of doing it. But there are many people who come into this church, and we are having church. And they are mad at me because we didn't top the whole entire church and think about their problem. You know why that is? Self-centered. It's not about Jesus. It's about my problem. And God said, you don't see me. You don't see me. Because if you see me, you wouldn't be thinking about you. You'd be thinking about me. Am I? Are you guys following me? Are you guys getting it? Okay. So we are self-centered. I'm living holy." but I want to be comfortable. Isn't that the cry of Christians today? I'll keep the commandments, I'll go to church, I'll pay my tithe, I'll read my Bible, I'll do this and I'll do that, and I'll do all things God wants, and as long as it is where I want to be, I'll do anything I want, anything God wants. Me and her have been talking a lot uh, about um, Sister Tina, and if I could just be real blunt, the rest of you guys need to catch up. And me and Renee have been sitting at home saying me and Renee need to catch up, okay? Because I'm not there. And if I'm just real transparent, I'm trying to catch up with Tina. But this is what she said. When I go to camp, whatever they need, whether I like it or not, God, I'll do it. Now, that's easy to say with your lips. I'm talking about saying it with your heart. See, let me let you guys in a little insight. Camp ain't about you. It's about Jesus and them kids that need Jesus. And let me let you know a little secret. we got a whole bunch of people going that's never been to camp. It's hard. Okay? It's hard. It's, it's tiring. It's, it's excruciating. It is, it is difficult. There's going to be a whole bunch of people there not doing what they're supposed to do. All those things that we know are going to be camp. But can I tell you how you ought to go to camp? Lord, whatever you want me to do. I'll do it. comfortable out of my box, not where I want to be, not what I like. God, I'm here for you. Are you guys getting this? Christianity is all about I'll be holy as long as I can be comfortable. But when you take the comfortable out, then I'm going to start complaining about me. Are you guys following me? I've heard this so many times from so many of you. And if you have told me this, I am not beating you up. I am just pointing out a fact. If I didn't have this trial, I could do so much more for God. If God would take this trial away, I would serve him so much better. So you know more than God, apparently. Apparently, you're smarter than God. What you're saying is God's hindering his own work because he's not taking away your problem. It's because you're self-focused. Have you ever thought about you need that problem so he can use you? (laughs) Are you guys follow me? I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to get us to understand. I think we come to church and say, I'm doing everything right. Why is my life falling apart? Maybe because God wants you to see him. I mean, if you see him, he would use you. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, because I'll forget this, but let me just backtrack just a little bit in then through what in the world does that mean? I didn't come up with that, by the way. It's a super cool title. I wish I could say I thought of it. But I didn't think of it. It's been used by other people. Everybody here says, God, please do something through me. And God says, before I can do something through you, I have to do something in you. I got to work in you, and then I can work through you. We want to skip the in you part and go straight to the through you part, (laughs) right? No, he has to do something inside of us. So I don't need to change. I just need this trial to go away. How many times have we heard that? I'm a good Christian. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to. I'm in church every time I read my Bible. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And God, the only thing I need is you to take this trial out of my life. And God said, no, you need that trial because you can't see me. The trial is not the problem. He's trying to get you to see him. What I'm trying to show you, I don't know if you guys are getting this or not. What I'm trying to show you is we can't point our fingers at Job and say, well, of course, right there, he was a sinful person. Of course, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to. He was doing everything he's supposed to do. I'm not saying anybody here is not a godly person. That's not my point. What I'm saying is the best Christian we have here who loves Jesus with all of their heart, who is doing everything they possibly know to do, and we can find no fault with them, they still need to see Jesus. Are you guys getting this? And when they see Jesus, then God can use them. And so this isn't about us being sinful and bad. This is about us being the very best we can and still needing more. And sometimes God uses trials to get us to see that. I am willing to work for Jesus if it's comfortable. God, I'll do anything you want on my terms. Boy, that's a Christian cry, isn't it? That's a Christian cry. God, I'm signing up for duty. As long as it's comfortable where I want to be, I'll do whatever you want me to do, right? And boy, this one is, can I just say, I really think this applies to all of you. And if it doesn't apply to all of you, you're just better than I am. I am very holy. I want others to see me. Now, you won't say that, but I dare say all of you think it. Man, I'm doing a great job. I wish they'd recognize me. No, I don't really want to be recognized. I just, I just wish they would appreciate me a little bit more. No, it's all about you, and you want them to see you. Can I, can I, can I just be real blunt here? I've been, doing, I've been talking a lot to Valley, but, but we got three young preachers here in the crowd. I think they're doing a great job. Love them all. They're, they're, they're great guys. Unless you are totally unnormal, there's a part of your flesh that wants someone to say, You are awesome. If you don't, I don't know if you can even be human and not be that way. We all do. Listen, this is what God's been teaching me. I started out pastoring this church, and I wanted the church to grow, and I wanted to see people saved, and I wanted to see great things happen. But Sister Betsy, if I'm looking back and I'm real honest, I, God has had to break me in so many ways, and God has got me to see, you know why you really want that church to do good? So they'd say, you are a great pastor. Are you guys with me? You guys are, you are a phenomenal pastor. We are so lucky to have you. And God said, I can't bless you as long as you're thinking that way. You got to quit thinking that way. And the only way you'll quit thinking that way is if I break you in little little, itty bitty pieces. Make you cry yourself to sleep. Make you want to quit. Make you think passion is the worst thing. Do everything I possibly can to tear your heart out of you. And then maybe you'll quit thinking about you and start thinking about me. Are you guys following me? It goes for all of us. And I don't care if you're singing. I don't care if you're teaching Sunday school. I don't care if you're handing out bulletins. I don't care if you're sweeping the floor. I don't care if you're making sandwiches. We all want someone to say, you are awesome. You are awesome. But can I tell you, it ain't about you. It ain't about you. You ought to want to come here to church in secret and do something that would change this church and nobody here would ever know about it. What fun is that? <laughs> but Kevin, they're not going to mention my name from the pulpit. They're not going to say how great I am. No one's going to notice. I don't get a pat on the back. I, I don't get anything. But Jesus said, great is your reward in heaven. We don't, we don't, we don't do this in this church if you like this, I'm sorry, but we don't do this in this church. Um, but I, I don't even remember, I listened to so many preachers, I don't remember who said it, but I heard a preacher this week, and he said, I walk into these churches, and they got these big labels on the pew, and it says, donated by Brother So-and-So, in memory of So-and-So. And, and he walked down to there, and he says, I don't understand that. He said, but every time I look at that, I think, well, they got their reward. <laughs> That's your reward. You could have had it up there, but you got it down here, right? Can I tell you? When we want the applause of man, we're trading that for Jesus. But here's the thing, guys. I appreciate you guys agreeing with me, but here's the thing. We all want that. We all want that. We all want recognized. When we get back from camp, I want Josh to call my name and say, Gary was the best thing there. We had a great camp. It's all because of Gary, right? That's what we want everybody here. Boy, if it wasn't for them, Listen. If, they, if we get back from camp and, J- and Josh never mentions your name, ain't about that. Did you touch souls? Did you do what God wanted? Sister Tina, he might tell you to do something, and it is a secret, and no one in the whole entire camp knows you do it. But if you do what Jesus wants, isn't that the most important thing? Are you guys following me? We're all about ourselves, and we need to be all about Jesus. And, and we can't get used by God. Because, see, God's kind of funny. The Bible says He's a jealous God. But God's kind of funny. He doesn't like to share His glory. Matter of fact, He won't share His glory. So when you want in on some of it, He says, well, I just can't do anything with you until you stop wanting some of my glory. Are you guys getting this? Listen, Brother, Brother Miguel, I hope it's okay that I, t- I say this, but me but, but, but. Brother Miguel was having a meeting last week, and I've thought about this all week. It, it's, it, it, this, is, this is what happened in my office. So we've had many, 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 many talks, me and Brother Miguel have. Hours and hours, those of you that sit here, we've we spent hours and hours and hours and hours in my office, had many, 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 many talks. I took Brother Miguel in my office last Sunday, and I sat him down, and we were talking about some things, and he got this funny look on his face. I, I, I thought maybe I said something wrong. He got this funny look on his face, and he looked at me and he says, You know, every time you've been talking to me, I thought you were telling me how to get out of all these problems. I'm now figuring out you're telling me how I'm gonna go through the problems. This is how you you go. I wasn't telling him how to get out of them. I tell you, it's gonna happen. He said, I'm thinking you're giving me advice to fix the problem. You're not fixing my problem. You're telling me i got to go through the problem. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. you you're, I'm not fixing it. But can I just be real honest? If you love Jesus and want to be used, you're going to be broken. You're going to be broken. It, it, it doesn't work any other way. Great people of God. We all like to read the biographies and the great people who have done great things. But you go back and read their story. And you know, when a publisher writes it, they want to write all the fancy stuff that everybody says, wow, that's so awesome. But they don't always tell you what it took to get there. A lot of times it it was devastating to get to the place where God used them. And all of us want to be used, but none of us want to hurt. We have heard about God. Made it to point two, guys. Let's do this one quickly. Everybody here, we believe he is almighty. Amen? Amen? I don't think there's anybody here. Everybody believes God is almighty. Everybody believes that God is holy. Everybody believes. I don't, I don't hope there's no one here that doesn't believe that God is holy. We believe His Word. Here at the Samuel Church, we believe the Word of God. Amen? Come on, guys. Amen. We believe the Word of God. We believe that. We believe, listen to this, He could remove our trial. I've had so many of you talk to me, Pastor, I believe with all my heart, God could take this away from him if he wanted to. Yeah, well, of course he could. He doesn't want to. <laughs> right? He doesn't want to. Because he's doing something inside of you. He's changing who you are. So, so we, we are self-focused. And we have heard about God. So if you understand where we started, good, godly people who love Jesus, who are doing everything they're supposed to do, who are what we would say the best of Christians we know, they often aren't used because they don't see God. And I hope you guys have, have, have got that pictured now. So point number three, we see God. Here's a sad thing. Many Christians never reach this stage. And that really breaks my heart to say that. But I believe there are a multitude of Christians. We've kind of been learning this in Sunday school, Wednesday night, and some of the things. but, But I believe many Christians come to church, they get saved, they're told, keep this list of rules, and you get to go to heaven. And they die keeping a list of rules, and they never see God. Are you guys following this? But we want to see God. I believe when Job could actually see God, He said, Wow, I have no defense. I I, I am nothing. I I I have I have nothing to offer God. When I see how holy he is and how great he is, I I have nothing to offer him. I wrote this in my notes. Many waste their trials. Many waste their trials. Have you wasted your trials? Listen, there's a lot of problems going on in this church. Are you wasting it? Are you just saying, God, fix this problem so I can get back to life? Or are you saying, God, if this is to make me see you, let me see you? And God, if I have to stay in this problem for a long, long time, I will do it as long as I can see you. I lost most of you right there. (laughs) I know this isn't fun, but guys, this is what the Bible teaches. And I think this is what we're really missing. And this is the next level of being a Christian is not only keeping all the commandments, but but actually seeing God. So Job says, um, verse number six, wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Now, is this confusing to you? Job says, I abhor myself. I am a horrible person and I repent. I thought we just said he was righteous, upright, eschewed evil. God said he was great. He was perfect. He was a godly person. Why is he abhorring himself and saying he repents? Because he saw God. When Isaiah, in 6th chapter of Isaiah, saw God, what did he do? Oh God, I'm a man of unclean lips. Listen, we can do all the things we think we're supposed to do. We are still dirt. Amen. And we've got to understand who God is. And when we see God, there'll be no, well, I didn't get my way. There'll be no, well, I have to do this job. I won't do that job. There'll be God, I am dirt, and I don't deserve anything. And I'll do anything you want me to do. And that's a good mindset for camp. But can I tell you that's a pretty good mindset for Sand Hill Church? <laughs> Amen. And and so I think if we understand that uh, I am nothing, I am nothing. Trials. I know this is hard, guys. I know this is this is this is. I just say this. This is beyond human ability. Can I say that this is beyond human abilities? Trials are no longer front and center. That's hard. Renee, I know you guys, I use her all the time for illustration, but she came to church for about two years. She was sick almost every day. She was just having a horrible, horrible time. But if I could say this about my wife, she came to church every Sunday, you know what it was about? I got a problem and I need God to fix it. (laughs) It wasn't about the Lord, it it was about I got a problem and I need God to fix it. Now, you guys say, that's shame on Renee. Well, all of you guys are the exact same way. Because all you guys, you guys, oh, I got a problem. If God, I just need, oh, stop the service. Pray for me. I have a problem. God needs to fix it. Listen, it ain't all about you. It ain't all about you. It's all about Jesus. Can I tell you, when Renee quit thinking about, and Renee, the transition was so beautiful. I think she had a Job moment. But she went from, if God would just, she'd tell me, God, just fix this. I'd do a lot more for him. I I prayed with faith. I just don't understand why. And she did all these things that Christians are supposed to do. And and she was living a very holy life. She was living a very godly life. But it was all about God fix my problem. And Renee finally got down and she said, if I never get any better, if I live with this the rest of my life, I just want to be pleasing to God. And guess what happened? She got better. (laughs) Is anybody seeing this? There's a reason. Why won't God heal me? Probably cuz you're not humbling yourself. Why won't God fix things cuz you're all caught up in your problem? Is, is anybody seeing this? I know this is hard. I know this is this is impossible. But when we take our eyes off of our self-focus and we focus on God, all of a sudden things change. And whenever we're just focused on ourselves, uh, God says, "I can't fix your problem cuz when I fix your problem, you're still going to be all focused on yourself." Are you guys getting this? This is this is huge. hard and uncomfortable is now acceptable. So when we see God, we are now willing to sleep where they do not want to sleep. Right, Jenny? That dirty, rotten... uh, This Lord, I'll be glad to sleep on that mattress. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, but you're going to find out. (laughs) You're going to find out. And you're going to thank Jesus for that dirty, nasty mattress you're going to sleep on. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Whenever uncomfortable and hardness, when you see God, you're not worried about you. I'm going to see Jenny and I'm going to line her in. Listen, I don't think anybody from Sand Hills is going to do that. I, 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 I'm not talking about it. I don't think you guys will. But can I just say there are going to be some things at camp that aren't going to be comfortable? Who's it about? Who's it about? It's not about us, it's about Him. This is tough. I've already said it. I know I've already quoted, but it needs to be repeated again. I, I, I want to I say this real plain I should not be seen. Will you guys say that with me? I should not be seen. Now, did you just lie? How many of you guys are lying? I just repeated what <laughs> That's good, Richard. That's good. <laughs> I should not be seen. I don't need to be recognized. I don't need to get an award. I don't need to have my name called. I don't need for everyone to recognize me. I don't need to be seen. I just want God to bless. If I could be real transparent, and I know it's getting long, but I really believe we need this, guys. If I could be real transparent... I believe that in great part, I have been what's been holding this church back for years. I've been passing this church a long time. And guys, I have been giving it everything I've got. You guys have been here for a long time. You know, I have read, I have studied, I have prayed, I've done everything I possibly can. I have tried to preach the word of God. i tried to be faithful. I've tried to do everything I possibly knew that God wanted me to do. But you know there's one problem? Me. And I really wanted this church to prosper. And I was telling myself it was for Jesus that's what I'm trying to get you guys. I think some of you say, no, it's all about Jesus. Well, then if it's about Jesus, you don't care if you're recognized. And I, God has done such a work in my life that I now recognize I'm what's in the way. And I recognize that if anything happens good here, listen, guys, it ain't about me. And I think that God could not have gave me that 10 years ago. Because I'd have said, it was a little bit about me. (laughs) Right? I got a little bit of this. Now, can I just say if we fill this church up and we have to buy another one, can I say it's not about Gary? Can I say that from the heart? It's not about Gary? It's not about Josh either. Or Miguel? Or Jacob? Or Tom? Or Terry? Or anybody else? Listen, I think that's why our church is being blessed right now. Because we're starting to get Jesus out in front instead of us. And that's hard. But can you with an honest heart say, I don't need to be seen? Can you say that my resume means nothing. Don't we like to say, I've been here 50 years? So. I've been saved 45 years? So. I've been tre- preaching 20 years? So. I've read the Bible? So. See, we like to say, look look what I did. Listen, your resume is trash. The Apostle Paul said, take everything on my resume, which would outdo everybody that I'm talking to. The Apostle Paul at that time would have been one of the most highly esteemed people in all of Israel. He said, take everything on my resume. And he said, it is rubbish. If you need me to translate that for you later, come and see me. He said, it's it's worthless. And he said, I now count all of that stuff as nothing to see Jesus. And guess what? God used him. So, guys, we don't need to be seen in whatever you can brag about, whatever resume you have, whatever work you've done, however many things you've accomplished. Uh, um, I've literally heard these words. I've literally heard these words. Look at what all I've done for the Lord. I can't believe he's not doing more, better for me. I've literally heard people say that. Listen, guys, your resume is trash. Lay your resume down to God and say, I want to impress you, God. Right? And he'll be like Job. He'll say, where was you? <laughs> where was you when I was building the world? We're going to end with this note. I can never sacrifice too much for my God. Can I get an amen? Amen. I can never sacrifice too much for my God. It ain't about me. I see how great he is. All I want to do is serve him.
0: We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.